1: Hey, welcome to episode 25 of A Matter of Truth. I am Anthony. I'll be your host for today. We are going to continue a conversation uh, that we had in a previous episode with a guest. Uh, His name is Tony Bennett. No, not the singer. I try not to anyway. (laughs) Um, But we're going to continue down uh, looking at um, uh, running the race and... Uh, pre, in the previous episode, we looked at the four stages of running the race of, of sanctification. And today, we're going to look into God's God's role and man's role in, in running the race and sanctification and kind of dig into the effects of sanctification and and, and some of the motives for obedience. So adding on to that, uh, I do want to say thank you for uh, the feedback from the last episode. We got a lot of positive feedback, and, and it was super helpful and super, and super insightful. And we appreciate the feedback and we appreciate your support of this show, um, all things to glorify God. So without further ado, I want to welcome back, Tony, how are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me back. And yeah. that was,
0: that was a really good conversation. And, yep. you know, it's, it's neat that we talked about it afterward. And even just listening back to it myself, I was like, wow. I said, that was, that was pretty God filled and, and, and mm. praise God that he allowed us to have that conversation. And, and yeah. obviously between you and I, I just led into it much deeper conversation where we talked about, hey, you know what, maybe we should talk a little deeper and do it again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And as as the writer of Hebrews talks about, you know, we need to run the race, um, and we need to run this race with endurance, it's it's important to kind of understand that there is the role for the Christian as we are set before the path to to run this race. It's not It's like you know we talked about this it's it's not a short little run sprint it's it's a long enduring race and it's it's awesome the imagery that scripture talks about how they how they reference you know the race and and what that looks like and the parameters that surround that and um it was it's really written to encourage and challenge believers um to persevere in their faith um especially in the midst of all the trials Absolutely, and if you don't mind, I'd, I'd like to jump right in on that
0: point. Absolutely, Absolutely. And, and just and just start by going. So, because we talked a little bit last time about you know what sanctification requires, and it requires change, and people started getting an understanding of what sanctification is. Yeah, I'd like to jump in right off the bat and say, let me give you a, a picture of what sanctification looks like. Okay, so you can so we can be very clear that it's not works based. Absolutely. So, if you want to know what that picture looks like, let me give you Colossians three one through seventeen. It is the perfect picture what sanctification looks like. And I'll break it down like this. Verses one through four says now basically that you have sanctification. Now that you have it, and then Colossians 3, 5 through 9, this says what you were and what you will eliminate. And if you'd like, we can read through those. And then if you get through 10 through 17, this is now what you are and what you will do, what you will be like. That Right there, Colossians three one through seventeen. Let me repeat it again. Colossians three one through seventeen is the perfect picture of what sanctification looks like for you.
1: Yeah, um, and I think it's a great point. Um, starting off with scripture, Colossians obviously, and um, you know within scripture, that that's that's our source for life. That's that's where we go to. So, um, in, in you know in the scripture you reference in Colossians, I mean you can see. Th- um, what they call the, the biblical cadence. Um, and I talked about this in a previous episode about the indicatives and the imperatives. Um, you know, the indicatives being, you know, the statements that are true. And the imperatives are, in in, in a sense, the exhortation to to be obedient in certain ways. Um, not legalistic, not talking about that, but, um, you know, th- this cadence. And in Colossians 3, one, you see that. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above Christ where christ is seated at the right hand of god so you see it right there and it's it starts through those verses that you're referencing and you know breaking it down further i mean again it goes on to the imperative set your minds on things that are above not on things of the earth that's that's an imperative statement for us to 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 learn to grow into to to accept so um you know, clearly, it's all by Christ and His right, doing, right? Right,
0: and exactly. And if you look at, like I said, the ones that we just broke down. So, if you, if you don't mind, I'll back up here. Yeah. So let's let's go through that. So one through four, I talked about is when you when you become sanctified. So it says, therefore, you have been raised up with Christ. Keep seeking the things above, Imperative. where Christ is right. seated at the right hand of the God. So it's already telling you to start focusing everything you have. You've been raised up. You're made new. Set in verse two. Set your mind on the things above not on the things of earth. Another imperative. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ Mm. in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. So right there, they're already saying, now that you've become sanctified, you need to change your way of thinking, you need to change your behaviors, everything needs to be about Christ, everything needs to be about His glorification. And then... It goes into, like I was saying, 5 through 9, what you were and what you will eliminate. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, greed, which amount to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience, and them you also once walked." You were living in in them. So he's already telling you that we, we know you were there. Christ says, we know you were there. Every man has been there because of Adam. We've all been there. But now you also put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. So right there, it's saying you're going to lay all these things aside. You're going to get rid of all of these things. This is what you're going to eliminate from your life. Now that you've gonna, in order to glorify God, this is what you have to eliminate. And you can back that up with 1 Corinthians six nine through eleven, talking about the old person. And I'll read it. Or do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor those who habitually drunk, nor verbal abusers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Such were some of you. So all of those things, now that you're sanctified, requires you to turn
1: away from them because you're not going to glorify God in yeah, any and, of that. In, in Colossians 3.5, I mean, it really, the in, in all of these verses, what it's really highlighting is the conscious effort that... Um, we as Christians in in running this race um, and, and, and p- playing a, um, you know, there's the the passive, and we'll get to that, the passive and um, role uh, and the um, active role, but um, slaying the remaining sin, putting sin to death um, in, in our flesh. So um, we know justification is God's declaration that the sinner is righteous through, the work whose work? Jesus Christ alone. And sanctification is God's transformation of 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 a believer being becoming whole. You know, and that's in his you know, this is the thing. And we'll talk a little bit about this, but that's in his mind, his will, his behaviors, you know, where he sets his affections. Because, you know, as you as you were outlining Colossians, that's the thing. Prior to being justified and being having a transformed heart, our affections were of the things of the world. And those are the things that, you know, you see throughout scripture we are to turn away from. You know, Jesus didn't say to the woman at the well, you know, continue continue in your life with many men. <laughs> um, uh, you know, he's you know, he always made it a point to to show love and forgiveness and kindness, but but also pointing out be careful, don't continue in sin, turn away from sin. And 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 these these are very, very important in when you're in church and your pastor. These are the types of things that should be shared, communicated, taught discipleship, right? Um, To the congregation. And that's how we, that's how we grow together as the body of Christ in Christ, through Christ, with Christ, because of Christ period. End of story. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's look at Hebrews 12, one through two. here it's I mean again, it's, it's extremely clear that we we are to, as you were outlining in Colossians, and um, as the writer outlines, uh, Paul, that we are to to lay aside you know the sin, okay and 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 lay aside weight, the weight, every weight. And let's look a little bit at um, what weight means. every weight, Paul is referring here to the Levitical system that was just had uh, the Hebrews just entangled in, in legalism. And, um, you know, again, the reference to athletes and, and what they do with respect to um, stripping away every piece of, of you know, um, clothing that would weigh them down in a race. Right. And you see you see runners today, uh, you know, they're wearing very little minim- minimalistic um, with everything so, uh, you know, again, the outward 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 things um, emphasized in the Levitical system. It didn't only in you know it didn't only impede um, progress in, in, in Christ, and um, it it entangled them. I think it's such a strong word. It entangled them, and and easily could lead to sin easily lean to sin and 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 let's look at endurance let's look at the just the classic definition of endurance the it's the fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way without giving way so i thought that that definition and that use of the word in scripture and the reference to running this race with endurance is you know god is very just he's everything about him is perfect and in order and thought out and in what he's conveying through these writers i think it's amazing and 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 how we look at running the race um in this process of being sanctified and and what we need to do removing removing any weight the weight that holds you down within your life and um and 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 is a stumbling block is uh, it, it takes your focus off of Christ. So, you know, these these words and how God uses uh, these men and and everything about endurance and running this race, I, I just thought it was very appropriate and just really fascinating in, in so many ways. It, it
0: is because from the moment you choose to accept Christ, mm-hmm. the entire race is nothing but endurance because yeah. every day you want to, your flesh wants to quit it wants to give up. It wants to do the old things. It wants to do what pleases itself. So it requires another key word: discipline and endurance to maintain that walk. You know, we talk about you know in the in the first few verses. It talks about being raised up with Christ, for you have died to yourself. That right there is your crucifixion with Christ on the cross, the crucifixion of your sins. You have died in Christ to those sins. You have no, you've chosen to no longer allow them to exist. It's, it's like saying, I'm going to go get a new wardrobe. Well, you're not going to keep the old clothes in your closet. You're going to get rid of the old ones. Otherwise, you don't have a new wardrobe. You have a modified wardrobe. And this, is a, this isn't a race of modification. This is a race of change, a, a race of purification. And then it, it talks about, because of that, you have become sanctified. And that means made holy we have been now made holy so our whole wardrobe there is we are now a pure clean wardrobe we mm-hmm. are a new body a new creature
1: not anything of the old all of the that is all of the past we have thrown them out in the trash yeah you know what i want to touch on uh, the parable of the wedding feast um and specifically to one to one point um within that parable it and i think it's an amazing parable we should get together and we can talk about the actual mm-hmm. parable yep yep um but um, in verse 11, the king had noticed the man who was not wearing um, the wedding clothes. And uh, when he asked him how he came to be there without the proper wedding clothes, the, the attire, um, the man had no response. And he was, he was what? He was ejected from the feast outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that's verses 12 through um, 13. So it's interesting how Jesus ends the parable with the right. statement, "For many are invited, but few are chosen." So, regarding the matter of the wedding garment, um, it you know, the wedding garment is instructive. It, it it's it, so it was a gross, just terrible insult to the king, who is God, to to refuse to wear the garments provided to the guests, and the man was caught there wearing his old clothes, and he learned what an offense was by being removed from the celebration. I mean, that holds so much weight and Jesus, that's what Jesus, you know, the way he broke things down was just, it's amazing because you know, when we are justified and we, uh, we've been made new, we don't, we don't want to return to the old. We don't want to put on the old garments. And you know, these are the things we don't get to decide the attire. The attire is decided by God. and, where do we find the attire? In scripture. How do we live our lives? How do we grow in faith? How do we become holy? All of that is is through God's word. We don't get to decide. And I think a lot of people, they have a lot of problems with that. That's just man, that's self, that's pride, that's, that's sin. And, and that is the issue at, at, at its core. That's right. That's right. So... All that being said, the garment is something God provides. It's first and foremost, it's through putting on Christ, the garment of Christ, putting Christ on. That is what gives us freedom, freedom from sin, freedom from the law. And God is the one who, again, he decides how it happens. And he lays out the foundation in and through his word. Through Jesus Christ. So, it's to our salvation, we know we rest fully in Christ. And from resting fully in Christ, we know that uh, he provides the helper after he left. So we can endure. So we can run this race with endurance. But the race is only... We're only able to run this race because of the freedom in Jesus Christ in what He did. And from running that race, the Holy Spirit does wonderful things in us that produce fruit. And, and this is kind of, This is what we are, in fact, talking about. We don't hold to the fruit. We don't boast in it. But there is evidence. And the evidence is a beautiful thing. You strive to please the one who by grace saved you that that's what we're talking about correct yeah absolutely that segues nicely into let's talk a little bit about god's and man's role in sanctification god's role it's important to understand that sanctification is like i just mentioned so this running of the race and um it's primarily the work of God, and you can look at First Thessalonians five twenty three. May God, may the God of peace, Himself sanctify you wholly, In Philippians two thirteen, God is at work in you both to the will and to the work for His good pleasure. Um, the role of God, the Son Jesus Christ, in um, sanctification is is first that Jesus Himself earned our sanctification for us. Jesus is our wisdom. He's our righteousness. He is our redemption. He is the one that is doing the great work in us, sanctification. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, putting on Jesus. You know, he is who we clothe ourselves in. Um <clears throat> so the role of 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 God and the Holy Spirit um works within us to change, right? To change us and right. to sanctify us, giving us this, this greater holiness of life. Paul tells us what? Walk by the spirits. Be led by the spirits. The Holy Spirit produces the fruit. The spirit. And we are more responsive. We're more aware. You know, to the desires and promptings of the Holy Spirit in, in, in our life. And in, in our character. Who we are. We, we see things differently. Okay? And man's role. Our role is both this passive and active role. And the passive role is, you know, we, so we're, we're depending on God to do this great work in us. And the active role is what we strive. And I mentioned that earlier, we strive, that word strive. That's right. right? That's right. It's, it's again we are humans we're, we're working towards something in this life we're either working against god or we're working for god right so um, in, in the sense that we are within the body of christ so we have new hope new light um, a new direction so we strive to obey god and take the steps that will increase our holiness you know in becoming eventually um, to glorification right you know, be holy, uh sanctification. So uh, so our role is passive the passive right. role. If you look at Romans six thirteen, yield yourselves to God as men who have been brought from death to life. Romans 12 1 present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God. Romans eight thirteen, if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of body you will live. Right? <clears throat> and you know we look at our active role uh, the, the active part of man Romans eight thirteen talks about if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live Philippians two twelve 12 uh, 13 therefore my beloved as, as you have always uh, always obeyed sorry so now not only as in my presence but much more in my absence you work out your own salvage, salvation with fear and trembling for God is at work in you both to will and and to work for His good pleasure. So, what are the ways we grow in the holiness, maturity, obedience? Uh, we read. We can meditate. That's right. That's we, right. You know, we pray um, on the Word of God. Uh, prayer, corporate worship, witnessing, cre- Christian fellowship, and and self discipline and and con- self control.
0: You're absolutely right, and here's the deal. Okay, so let me, let, me, let, me, let me clarify that by saying this. So when I talked about being crucified with Christ, I'll back that up with this. In Galatians 2.20, it talks about being replaced and killed. Use terms everybody's familiar with, replaced, killed. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for the righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. So basically say, so if you're doing this for naught, if it's all more than just faith in the Son of God, then he didn't need to die because we could do it ourselves. But it's very clear, we we have replaced, we have killed the old man. He no longer exists no and getting back to that point now comes the colossians three ten through 17 what you are and what you will do this is what your outfit looks like if you ever needed a fashion designer this is what your outfit looks like and i'm going to read it and have put on the new self keyword there being new who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image Of the one who created him if you remember in the last episode that we did we talked about being sanctified It means to made set apart for the intent that the designer intended so therefore in there I hear it says a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew circumcised and uncircumcised barbarian Scythian slave free man but Christ is all and in all So that very clearly right there says there's no separation between us. There's no black, there's no white, there's no male, there's no female. There's no. If you look at all of these distinctions, Greek and Jew, circumcised, barbarian, Scythian, this is the only time Scythian is ever mentioned in the entire Bible, and they were the lowest of the low, and their enemies were barbarians. So they're saying all these separations that make you guys different are no longer. It is all just Christ and the glory of Christ and nothing else, because he is in all and all. All is Christ, but Christ is all. So therefore, we are all the same. We are all equal. So as to those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful Let the word of Christ richly dwell in you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to him, God the Father." That is what your unifying responsibilities are for. Let's get back on sanctification. So if you read in John 17, this is Jesus, John 17 is Jesus' prayer to God. And in John 17, 19, 21, he sanctifies himself, which is very interesting. So it reads, for, the, they, for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. Truth is God's word. I do not ask on my behalf of these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word that they may also be one, even as you father are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. So so ask yourself, so wait a minute, Jesus is is, is pure. He's, he's never had sin, so why does he need to sanctify himself? Because there's still a couple of stages in there. He's already holy, he's already without blemish, so there's really no need to sanctify himself. But he does still have to do the will of the Father, which is still part of the whole reason for the sanctification process within us. He has to do, again, as the designer intended, which in this case is death unto the cross. So he needs to sanctify himself to separate himself from man and sin, even though he is not sinned, but he had the temptation of, which is proof that he and the Father are also one. Only God the Father, because he said, I sanctify myself. Well, if God can only sanctify you, that just proves the sanctification of Jesus Christ and God are— excuse me, I misspoke that— that Christ and God are one because he was able to sanctify himself. He was able to separate himself from man in order to go die for our sin.
1: Yeah, so what what verse was that Um, you are reading? You are reading from— <laughs> John,
0: John 17, 19,
1: 19 through, through 21. 21. Right, yeah, because I, I just— I uh yeah, let's see. So um, let me see here, 19. and for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also, uh, that they also may be sanctified in truth. Um, so the, there are different translations of that. Um, I think I'm looking at the ESV. And so to your point, and I actually read something about that, you know, uh, <laughs> there, are, there are people out there that somehow think that Jesus could have sinned you know and and they've used that actual verse and that's why I'm bringing this up um <laughs> verse 19 but so you know in, in you know there are actually again you know we talked about the this the, the different pieces of sanctification because sanctification we talked about in this is the last episode I won't go down this rabbit hole but the, it's it's an ongoing process and it is not complete until glorification glorification is part of the sanctifying process sanctification ends when we get our our are holy bodies, as you were mentioning. That's exactly what. Um, if there's any reference to 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 Jesus and this this consecrate myself, he he had to go to the cross, as you were saying, meet death, and then he he was he completed that process in his receiving his glorified body. So, I mean, you clearly pointed it out that obviously he was holy, he was just, he, he didn't have a blemish, he did not. Did not sin so it's not um it, it's it's not the, the the process of sanctification as in within ourselves right
0: no it's just a separation that i'm showing i'm separate from i'm separate right. from man and this is what the designer intended yeah. me to do again set apart set differently yeah. To do what the design intended that's and, his it, sanctity so he's going to death and to the cross this is literally right before yeah, exactly. he goes
1: so you know he had to come he had a he had to complete the will of the father and in seven in, in verse 17 sanctify them in the truth your word is truth as and you and you, you went on and read as you sent me into the world so i have sent them into the world so right you know he this is the you know the highest priest or our priest our, his prayer it's the prayer of jesus for and again this john said uh john 17 um is a eye-opening uh chapter when it comes to uh and i i actually said i actually posted this um i don't know if it was on twitter or on instagram but it just it changed it changed me eye-opening when it comes to uh you know again the doctrine of sanctification this is huge as well as predestination which is a sticking point for many many people and that, and that's a topic for an, another another time for sure so when we immerse ourselves into God's word and this is this is the thing this is communion with God a relationship with God is what going to his word because that is how God reveals himself to us not via a dream not via sitting in my closet <laughs> I'm sorry. You want to hear God's word? Open scripture. Open the Bible.
0: Here, here. If we're talking about Jesus Christ and we're talking about how he was holy and without blemish and he was without sin, here's a man whom himself basically said, you need the word. For example, so in John four 34, we're mm-hmm. talking about the woman at the well. So if you look at, the history of that, they were coming up to that area, and they had pretty much run out of food. And so Jesus sent his disciples off to go gather some food. And when they came back, they said to Jesus, you know, they tell him to eat because, you know, they're all hungry. And his reply was this, John four thirty four. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. You talk about you talk about needing sustenance in order to have endurance for the race. His food is to do the will of the one who sent him and accomplish his work. There's your substance. Now how do you know what that will is? Yeah you get in his word and when you get in his word, you get that knowledge. And guess what? Here's the funny part. that knowledge is what produces good works.
1: It's not the good works that's a salvation. That knowledge causes you to do good works. Tony, how dare you? How dare you? Works based salvation, heretic, you. (laughs) (laughs) No, that is absolutely. Spot on, okay, because th- there's
0: just no Look, two And don't take my God. word for it. Take God's word for it. Take here, God's. Here, here, Here's God's word, Colossians <laughs> 1, 9 through 12. For this reason yeah. also, since the day you heard of it, we do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the lord to please him in all respects bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of god strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness fat i'm sorry steadfastness and patience joyously giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in
1: light there right there and how are how are we how are we qualified just want to ask that question tony how are we qualified look i just read it i just right. read it we, we, because this is the thing we don't get to qualify ourselves that's why i'm bringing it tells this up. you to get in the knowledge first and <laughs> then walk
0: in the manner worthy of the lord therefore it is get the knowledge get the sanctification then that will require you it will allow you to do good works not let's do the good works and then get to heaven yeah yeah he then tells us in John 5, 19, imitate me, imitate me like a child would to a parent. Basically, I'll summarize this because so, I don't keep reading everything to you. No, I'll let me read it. It said, therefore, Jesus answered him, was saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son will also do in a like manner. Imitate me imitate what I'm doing. And how are you going to know what he's doing? You got to get in the word. Otherwise, you're not, yep. you know, that's the only way you're going to see what he was doing. We didn't live back then. We didn't, we didn't live in 33 AD. We didn't, I mean, sorry. Yeah. 33 AD. We didn't live in in his gospel time. We were not that fortunate. So how do we, how do we learn what he did? How do we
1: imitate? We got to, we got to read the history. We got to read his word. Yeah, you, you just don't wake up one day and say, I'm going to be a brain surgeon. No, it, I mean, come on. We are humans. We are finite individuals, finite human means. We learn and grow with whatever we put before us, whatever we listen to, whatever we see. So this is this is important here. So if you're in a false church, you're in a church that is not biblical, you're being fed poison, and that's what you're going to abide in. So just, just remember that. And you know, n- another interesting thing about John 17, let me get back to it. Um, so, and in, in we're talking about how, how is it that we run this race with endurance? Because it, it's not by our own doing, okay? It is not. It's by the work of the Holy Spirit and by the word of God working through us in us, okay? And in verse 14 of John 17, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of this world. Okay, he's clearly, I mean, Jesus came to bring the word of God that everybody missed, nobody saw it, and turned everything upside down on his head. He wasn't a revolutionary, he wasn't a social warrior, he sorry, he wasn't, he was God. And man took God's word, and they, tur- they added their own traditions, their own uh, version. And, and this is why we deal with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and so forth. So, you know, they, they were just missing the mark. Okay. And the world has hated anybody. He, and this is so true today. The world hates when you mention uh, anything about being a biblical Christian, about living biblically they will they will tear it down and they want to spit it out they don't want anything to do with it and 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 that's that's absolute truth so as we're walking and running this race with endurance this is a long race man this is a race where you have to like you said you have to prepare for a race you have to feed your body and it's so funny the analogies that that the epistle writers use right you know it, it's it, how do we feed ourselves? We we can't live on milk right. alone. Right, and you study and you stay the
0: course. You know the route you're going to run, and and for for a long endurance and they for country runner. Right. They know every hill. They know where it is. They know how steep it is. Yeah. They understand at what point they're going to kick it into a different gear. You study. It's like you used about it being a brain surgeon. You know, you go to medical school and then you un- you read the books. You study. You get in. You get in their word, if you will. And then you did, and then you don't a, just go perform brain surgery. Guess what? Now you watch somebody else do it, and this goes to the, this in goes, in goes in to the imitate me, me yeah, part. Yeah, now you've got to watch somebody do it, <laughs> and they want you to imitate them, just like I read in John five five nine. Yeah, imitate me, and then you have to do it. And guess what? You don't just do it once and say, "Oh, I'm a brain surgeon. I'm the greatest brain surgeon ever because I've done it once." You now have mm-hmm. to continue to do it. You have to. In yep. this case, we must obey the truth. We must be constant in the pursuit of God's will. We have to continually have that brain surgery. John 6, 38 through 39. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that all that he has given me, I lose nothing but raise it up to him, upon him the last day. Mm-hmm. Constantly pursuing, constantly
1: doing. Yeah, so so we're talking about man's role, clearly. And so let's, let's kind of break it down. So our role is both passive and, and active in sanctification, in running the race with endurance, okay? The passive role, we depend on God to sanctify us. And the active role is what? We strive to what? To obey God and take steps. That will increase our sanctification. So we were just, let's, I like breaking down scripture here. Um, <laughs> so let's look at some passive roles uh, in scripture. So Romans 6, 13, yield yourselves to God as men who have been brought from death to life. Romans 12, 1, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And then I have noted here, um, Romans 8, 13, If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your body, you will live. Okay? So, and moving on to uh, the active role uh, uh, for man. And jump in at any point and stop me, Tony. Uh, Again, I just have have my notes. I'm a note guy. I I don't like to fly off the cuff. (laughs) Um, So, here, we're going to look at the active role. So, Romans 8.13. If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Phil, uh, Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. You work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For God is at work in you, both to will and to to and to work for his good, good pleasure. And then, um, so... What are the ways in which we grow in holiness, maturity, and obedience? And we just we just went over yep. that. That's that's we the were just food. About it. Read, that's, read and meditate. Yep, yep. yep. And meditate, imitate, and consistently repeat. Yeah. It's and that is the, that is a part of self discipline and our self control. So self control, right there. So you know you you can look at you know if you look at your life and the the addictive habits that you have formed in life you have to you have to have the discipline and you have to have the self control and you get that again when we're talking active passive here we rely on the holy spirit right i got a computer in front of me okay i shouldn't i know watching certain things could lead to certain things i need to exercise Discipline, self, self control, and discipline, and no, I'm, you know, I, I shouldn't get up on there. I need to take every precaution to avoid looking at things I shouldn't look at. And again, that that is that is a part of, you know, this is the active and passive role of, you know, as you grow in your faith and you become mature. you you become mature also to obedience. So you meditate on God's word, you pray, you attend corporate worship, you know, and fellowship to all, it all aids you. And this is all through the Holy spirit. I mean, yeah, you don't just wake up and like, boom, it's all here and there and you're done. It's, it's a process. And here's here's the bow that's on top that
0: wraps it all up. All of this has to be for God's glory everything that you do the the food the eating the imitating the constantly seeking it has to be for his glory John 7:18 we must seek God's glory not our own he who speaks from himself that was me making the headline sentence he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory but he who is seeking the glory of the one who sent him is true and there is no unrighteous in him John 829 we must do what's pleasing to god that's the head my headline sentence and he who sent me is with me he has not left me alone for i always do the things that are pleasing to him all of this is nothing but for god's glory if it was for anything else it is for naught
1: well you know what you know doing all the, we we do all these things In our life, in our Christian walk, and when I say things, that means I'm talking about, you know, the obedience, getting into word, into the word, sorry, uh, you know, attending worship, true godly worship. And it is, you spot on, it's all to give glory to God. And in return, this is, this is what's really, I think, an amazing thing, uh, you know, is that in return, this process of. Be holy like I am holy, becoming Christ-like. It, it it absolutely has a positive effect. Yeah, on on our intellect, on our emotions, on our will, on our spirit, on on our physical bodies. And there's scripture that backs backs that up. And I'll just name for our, you know our intellect Colossians three ten. We talked about Colossians, which is being renewed in in knowledge after the image of its creator. What a benefit yep. Yep. in the image of our creator. Philippians one nine abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment. You know, and talk about discernment. When you learn to be godly discernment, that's going to help you in in every area of yep. your life.
0: Yep. And so here's the thing. So I'm running a little short on time. I know I got I got to run. But here's here's what I like to sum it up with. If this works for you, it's First Thessalonians four one through eight. This this winds it all up. If if you have any room for doubt at all, this sums it up. So I'm going to re- repeat again. First Thessalonians four one through eight. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you mm. and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. What we said earlier about repeating. For you know what mm-hmm. instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual mm. immorality, that you each learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister, the Lord will punish all those who commit such sins. And we told you and warned you before, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God. The very God who gives you his holy Spirit it doesn't get any clearer than that my friend there is your it, it, it really instructions
1: yeah. it, it, it really does and, and to close it all up I think you know you look at those are those are sound uh, directives from God and let's just we'll wrap this up here um, you know it's, it's all it's all about your motives and we, and we've said this we, I've talked about this and um, it's the motive of the heart where what's the intent of our heart you know and the motive for obedience it's it's a desire it's to desire a deeper walk with God desire to do what God commands simply because his commands are right and we delight in doing what's right that's the beauty of change of of being transformed having a new heart A, a desire to avoid God's displeasure and discipline in our own lives right there you have you know the, these these desires should align with you know wanting to please God, and that is the most important and crucial thing. And if, if our desire is to please God, everything else God God through the Holy Spirit makes everything else fall into place. Yep.
0: Yeah, I mean it's, it was and, very and, clear. And if it, you're if you're not if you're rejecting this, you're not rejecting me. You're not rejecting what I'm sitting here saying. on This thing you're not rejecting what you're saying. You're rejecting God.
1: Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. And, yep. And, and to close it out, pastors. Yep. Desire to do God's work. Yep. Desire. Desire. We'll God. have an episode on you, pastor soon. Wants. Yeah. Amen. All right, we're going to close this out. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, this is episode twenty-five of A Matter of Truth, and uh, you know, down the road, I, I'm, I'm going to hook back up with Tony here, and we're going to do uh, some more episodes because I really enjoy these kind of off-the-cuff kind of conversations with folks. but. <laughs> Um, I appreciate your time and, uh, God bless everybody. Thanks guys. guys. Peace out.